Wednesday, friends, and welcome back to Aquarius Behavior. I'm your co-host, Morgan. And I'm your co-host, Samantha. Morgan, what's your bevy today? Well, Samantha, I have two waters going because I am with illness Mm. currently, as (laughs) you know. You have gathered a plague. Uh, Yes. Infiltrated your life. Yep. So... We're pushing through today. Double hydration. Yep. Just getting water into your body when you're sick is sometimes the hardest part. So mm-hmm. way to double it. Yeah. Thank you. I'm trying. How about you? What's your bevy? Well, we're playing a Tuesday token today and I am caffeinating. So I have all the Diet Mountain Dew mm-hmm. over here. And again, a water bottle. All the ice is melted, but it shall satiate me through the day. So cheers. Mm, Cheers to you. Cheers to hydration. Cheers to you listeners. Hope you got your bevy this Wednesday. (laughs) Cheers to the pod lounge. Mm, Yeah. Everybody better settle in because we're going to do a bunch of learning today. First of all, did you hear our new intro? Oh, surprise. Hello. Cool. Wow. Oh, man. Man. Editing Samantha. Excellent. (laughs) Just (laughs) marvelous. I love our new song. Who is singing our new song? Okay, it's Joybird, and the song is called For Real. And this okay. has been just like a bop in our lives. Oh, I love it. Oh, my gosh. So we hope that you guys just enjoy that bop this season uh, as we... Um, do some exploring in all of our new programming notes that we mentioned mm-hmm. in our previous episode. And yeah, that's our, just that's our, ooh, mm, got a feeling in my soul. Mm-hmm. Season three, starting off with a bang, a bang. Or a boom, boom, boom. Or a boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, so something that we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about first, right, is something that uh, has been teased on our Instagram. And also, I promised everyone that we would hyper fixate on this Mm -hmm. for at least part of our episode. And that is astrological symbols. Okay. So if you're following our Instagram, you should have noticed a little sprinkling throughout the past month. Uh, These slides are usually purple. It's kind of like an ombre purple thing going on. Uh, Maybe like a light lavender, you could say. And there are bold black symbols and there's no writing on the slide it's just symbols um and then you're supposed to look at it and go i have no idea what that means and then you're supposed to read the details or where it'll explain it to you what does it mean what (laughs) What does does it mean what does it mean uh and then if you follow our tiktok you tiktok uh, which is super cute and up and coming uh you will have seen some videos just low-key learning videos uh showing different astrological signs what they mean so we're going to talk a little bit about that today i'm really excited because this is the thing for me samantha that i don't know a lot about i see these symbols out in the world out in the wild and what does it mean which belongs to which is there a trick for remembering them i'm excited to learn me too. Yeah. Well, let me tell you how this all stemmed. <laughs> Let's go on a journey together, friends. <laughs> okay. So last year in 2023, when we decided we were going to do a season two of our podcast, I went out and I bought an astrology book. 
And I would describe it as kind of like a pocket manual. It was small and it was the entire 2023 lunar calendar mapped out. So it would tell, it literally went each day of the year and then would say, like, what's going on in that day? What planet is moving into which constellation? You know, whatever. Where is the sun? Where is the moon at? What's happening? What phase is it in? Uh, Similar to some of the stuff they do in the uh, Ye old Farmer's Almanac, as we like to talk about sometimes. Ye old, yes. Ye oldy. Mm-hmm. So there was even some markers for like the best days to plant and the best days to harvest, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got this book. Um, we never talked about this book. So if you're listening to this and if you listen to all of our podcasts, you might be thinking, well, Jeepers Morgan, what is this called? Because we've never talked about it. You're right. Because I started looking at it and immediately got overwhelmed because there were it was just filled with these symbols that I didn't know. What does it mean? What does it mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like looking at hieroglyphics. What's the word? Oh, I'm going to Hieroglyphics. Try again. Yes. There it went. Wow. That was beautiful, though. I loved that. Stupid sick brain today. <laughs> Good luck, everybody. <laughs> we're doing it on the podcast train. Okay. So it was like looking at hieroglyphics. Mm-hmm. Um. And just another language. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is this is going to require so much more effort than I anticipated. So it became more of a slow burn. Mm -hmm. And so this is something that I've like low key been researching all last year. And so now we're actually going to start talking about it on the podcast and incorporating it into our social life we're building on the the, uh, the Instagrams. Yeah, we're building upon the things that we've learned in previous seasons. And now we can like. What does it mean? What does the moon, what is the moon telling us now? Correct. And what does it mean to me? Exactly. Specifically. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about astrological symbols, the history of them and why we have them. What is their purpose exactly? So their purpose, like let's, I think of astrological symbols as like astrology shorthand. Okay, so yeah, that makes sense. Right. So like that's how I think of it. So instead of having to write out every letter of the sentence, let's say Saturn enters Capricorn, you have a symbol for each of those words. So instead of writing multiple characters, you're writing three characters to describe something that's happening Mm -hmm. when they meet. Of course. Yeah, they're meeting up. They're meeting the sky. And there's just a lot. There's a lot to track. And which was the other thing that we've touched on on the podcast with like our deck and our tiny book. Blessings to Remus, wow. our tiny co-host, if you can hear him sneezing. Little sneezes. Oh, blessings upon you, my dear furry friend. He's so, he's so <laughs> kerfluff. I'm going to take a picture of him. He's especially sneezy today. Go ahead. Everyone's having sick time. All right. Continue, Morgan. So there's a lot going on in the sky and uh, there's a lot to spell out. So thus astrological symbols were born. Archaeologists have discovered manuscripts containing astrological symbols of the seven classical planets that dates back to the fourth century AD. Okay, so this is like 300s. <laughs> That's so long ago. It's very long ago. I just when when people start talking about time and then they start saying BC or AD, it's like, oh, okay, I need to pay attention to the numbers. Sorry. Yeah. And so, and this was, uh, we're going to go even further back, but okay. this is I'm significant. Ready. The fourth century AD is significant because these are manuscripts. Uh, usually they're like 
charts or like birth charts or horoscopes. Um, and these are containing these seven classical planets, which is important because the quote unquote seven classical quote planets, okay, mm-hmm, is because mm-hmm. these were the celestial objects that we could there were two parts, right? A, we could see them with our naked eye. And two, we noticed that they were moving faster in the sky than the stars and constellations behind them. So thus, we said, oh, it's a planet. Okay? Anything was just, it's a planet. That was just what it was. Mm -hmm. So we say seven classical planets because the seven classical planets are the sun, moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. Okay, so obviously the sun and the moon are not planets. Um, The sun is a star. The moon is a satellite. But they were just we didn't know the difference at the time. And they were behaving in the way that they were qualifying planets. Correct. This is moving in the sky, Mm -hmm. not with the stars. Right. So the moon and the sun would fall in that category. That makes sense. Yeah. And it's also something that's brighter Mm -hmm. in the sky. Like we can tell, oh, this is brighter than the surrounding constellations. Yeah. Something's different here. Mm -hmm. Um, So those were all ways that we in many, many long time years ago. (laughs) Many, many long time years ago. (laughs) um, How we classified (laughs) a planet. Mm -hmm. Okay. So after the invention of the telescope, uh, humanity discovered that there were more planets and celestial objects orbiting the sun, which then expanded on our symbols, of course. Right. So we we talked about this a little bit. I think it, it was in I'm an Aquarius where we have, um, you know, modern and also traditional planets and constellations. So when we talk about that, um, that's what we're considering is the seven classical planets. There were only there was only so much that we can see with our naked eye. It's the OG. So, yeah. Exactly. So when we talk about, you know, traditional astrology or traditional science, usually that's what we're talking about. Is we're talking about the time before telescopes, there were seven classical planets that we thought of, um, that we tracked. Then we also have modern astrology and modern symbols. So speaking of ancient or traditional astrology um greek horoscopes right so let's go let's go way way back okay mm, our way way back machine Ooh, so okay. greek horoscopes that were found from the byzantine empire show a circle with a slender cone coming out at a 45 degree angle to represent the sun and mm. a crescent moon to symbolize the moon which we still have today okay then all of the other planets were identified by the beginning letter of their Greek name, except for Mercury, which was kind of this a cute little stylized symbol of I'm going to totally butcher this. The Caudasius. Oh, no. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> nope. This is a learning I'm podcast, Morgan. We're here for some low-key learning. We are. Let's learn the pronunciation. I have to look up this word. People who are in the medical field are probably probably already know what this is and are just shaking their heads like, yeah, a lot of medical I professionals. I could pronounce this for you. They listen to this podcast. See, I learn most of the things that I learn from reading, mm-hmm. which means that I usually don't know how to pronounce things. Yep. <laughs> it's, like, it's like when you're reading a book and it's character names in a fantasy world and it's just like, but I'm just going to look at how this name looks and that's, I'll just know it's them. Okay. So how do you say it? So here's Google. 
Caduceus. 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 All right, Caduceus. Mm -hmm. Love that. So the Caduceus symbol is essentially like the staff with the two snakes going around it. So it's also like the symbol we use in like the medical field, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that's what it is. Um, So that was the sign for Mercury. So Mercury was a little bit different. Um, But usually it sounds like most of the signs, it was just, it was a letter. And that was the planet. Okay. It's changed a bit, right? Just a bit. So during the Renaissance, our modern symbol for the sun appeared. And so this is where kind of where we saw the turn and a lot of modern symbols that we see today. A, a lot of them were created in the modern era because we had just discovered them. Mm -hmm. But also some things did change a little bit to kind of accommodate that. Right. So the modern symbol for the sun that we use today is a circle with a tiny dot in the middle. I have seen that before. Okay. Yeah. Just a little circle with a dot in the middle. Totally. I kind of think about it like if you're way back in space, it's like the silhouette of the earth against the sun because it's so tiny. That is so profound. (laughs) Because I'm sitting here like, this looks like a tit. (laughs) Let's go with yours. (laughs) There's something for everyone here. I don't know if that's stupid sick brain or what, but (laughs) that's all. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) She looks like a tit. All right. Oh, goodness. So, so again, this just lends us to why do we care? Mm -hmm. Well, if you don't like astrology, then you probably don't care, and that's fine. Um, But like we said before, the symbols are kind of like an astrology shorthand. So if you are interested in astrology, if you're going to be following our podcast or you just want to learn a little bit more, this is a great place to start. I also found that... When I started to learn the astrological symbols, it also just helped me learn, I guess, in general, like the zodiacs and all of the different planets and the asteroids, which I'm still branching out into. Um, But then other things that we've started reviewing, like elements and Mm -hmm. modalities. Modalities, yeah. There are symbols for all of these things. It's not just the planets anymore. And so it's a great way to just start off the journey and and learning about astrology because it's going to cover like the symbols are going to cover all of the basics of astrology and just give you names for the elements and the um, phenomena that we're talking about. And so then as you start to see them around, like you said, right? Like, oh, I recognize that. I know what that yes, is. Yes, I do. Um, so that's been kind of fun. I I still do need to remind myself of things for sure because there's just so much. It's a lot. It's a lot of symbols. It is a lot of symbols. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has been interesting. And we also still see these symbols today. I mean, they're used a lot. They're used in birth charts, in horoscope predictions astrological literature like if you're going to get a manual or you're going to buy a book about astrology (laughs) flashcards i don't know yep um and it's even still used today in the farmer's almanac really Mm -hmm. oh that's cool yeah so little tidbit there so even the farmers the farmers have to know the symbols 
I mean, what's, what's the universe doing? Right. How can we decode it if we don't have words and symbols for it? Exactly. But it's a whole different language. I think that's what mm-hmm. stresses me out. It, yeah, it stresses me out. It doesn't yeah. even like make it feel not appropriate. It just stresses me out because I need to know. Because <laughs> it's planets and then modalities and it's, there's layers. So I'm excited mm-hmm. that we're just scratching into the first layer of what do these symbols mean and how do we recognize them? And also, you start seeing them around places. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, oh, interesting. You're going to see them all up in our Instagram. <laughs> That's where you can go to see All these symbols. All up in the Insta. Oh, you better believe it. So that's the first part of our episode today. Should we take a stretch break real quick? We and then should. circle back. And all right, great. Everyone go stretch. Hydrate. Enjoy a little, little bop. And we'll see you back here in a minute. Hey, Abpod listeners. Hope you're feeling groovy, and this episode is bringing a slice of nice to your day. Did you know you could follow AquariusBehavior.pod on Instagram to see weekly episode updates and behind-the-scenes podcast pictures? Yeah, it's true. You can also email the show at AquariusBehavior.pod at gmail.com to share your friendship stories or suggest a segment. Stay hydrated, buddies. Now on with the show. This is for What a stretch break. Mm. Wow. Such a good song. Oh, my gosh. I had something to groove to. Mm. <laughs> a little shimmy with my Diet Mountain Dew. A little boppity bop. <laughs> Get some movement in there. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Uh, well, welcome back, everybody. We just talked about astrological symbols. Super great. Lots of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Morgan sick. Samantha's caffeinating and hydrating. Here we are. You're caught up. Yep, they're caught up. Boom. Here we go. Let's <laughs> everyone strap in. <laughs> part, it's part two of the show. <laughs> la 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 la. Um, okay, so now part two of the show, right? Our title of the show is Lunar New Year. We haven't talked at all about the Lunar New Year. The moon. Are you listening to the right episode? Yes, you are. Mm-hmm, yes, you are. Welcome. We're gonna talk about it now. Whoa. I learned so much about Lunar New Year. Do tell, you want to learn? Tell all of us. Yes. That's we, why we're here. <laughs> we all collective would like to learn. I don't know anything about it. <sighs> Fascinating. I went down a hole. Let me tell you, as I sometimes do. Oh, Remus is going to adjust. Hi, buddy. All right. So what is the Lunar New Year? The Lunar New Year is a celebration of the new year, which is marked by the first full moon on the calendar. Mm-hmm. So we're not using the sun. Right. We're using the moon. Correct. We're using the moon to mark the passage of time. Mm -hmm. So the Lunar New Year, which we are about to celebrate on Saturday, February 10th, Mm. is based on the lunar and lunisolar calendars instead of a solar calendar. So a both calendar? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Let's Let's talk about all those differences because I just said three things right there. I said lunar calendar, lunar solar calendar, and solar calendar. Mm, Mm. What's that? What's that? How are they different? So different. Let me tell (laughs) you. Very great ways. So, okay, let's talk about solar calendars first, okay? 
So a solar calendar is a calendar where the dates and the seasons align with the position of the sun amongst the stars. Okay, there you go. We're using the sun to mark the passage of time, to mark the seasons in our year, probably also to mark like important events. Okay, Um, evidence of the first solar calendar dates back to ready for this. No. 4,236 BCE. Eh, I hate it. (laughs) Can you say it again? I don't want to cringe. 4,236 BCE. That's so long ago. So over 6,000 years ago. Yeah, no problem. Uh Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. So it was during this time that Egyptians started to use the rising of the star Sirius. I was going to say, the only people that were like, not the only people. I'm going to say that differently. The people that were bopping like five, six thousand years ago, the Egyptians always come to mind because yep. we have pyramids. We have. OK, so. Yeah. Who do we usually talk about around oh this time frame? God, The Egyptians. They were so hot. They were so hot. Six thousand years ago. <sighs> so cool. Right Egyptians. Now. So hot. OK. So they started to track the star Sirius, which is the brightest star that we can see with our naked eye. Mm -hmm. And so they started to follow that and actually use the rising of the star Sirius to track the annual flooding of the Nile River. Nuh-uh. Mm-hmm. So that's when they really started to use, like, yeah, lunar movements, um, but started to move into more of our sun, okay? Because the the lunar, lunar calendars, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, can be dated back even further, possibly. We'll talk about some, there's some skeptics out there. Not everything has been proven, but there's some theories. Even before. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> even okay. before. I'm holding on. You know, because we had ancient tribes who would use the lunar uh, calendar or track stars, track the moon to determine things like migrations of herds um, or different other behaviors of herds so that they could hunt. I mean, it makes sense. Totally. I mean, if you hmm. don't have a smartphone in your pocket, you're going to look at the natural world and figure out what you can use to mark time. This makes sense. Okay. Right. What's it going to be? Wow. 6,000 years. Okay. So this calendar that the Egyptians created, it contained 365 days, which is currently also similar to what we have. The year was divided into 12 months. Each month had 30 days. And then they just tacked on an extra five days at the end of the year. I love that. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just like our bonus week, you guys. <laughs> exactly. It's like, hey, we're just five extra days. We don't know what to do with them. Here you go. We're not quite sure. <laughs> we're not quite sure. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so consequently, is there uh, five months in the calendar that have 31 days in them like I mean, in the future weird wow. weird okay so wonder how just, that's all evolved they were taking that and just tacking it on and so every year it would just okay i love it yeah because it's st- the math would still work the same <laughs> or does it exactly see this is exactly the thing i oh, love I what love you're doing time time is so interesting okay i love what you're doing here because this is exactly what humanity has done since the dawn of time i'm here to put in the work morgan trying to figure out how what time is because what is it what what time is it morgan yep exactly and so like i just also want to take this moment for just a we just all have to remind ourselves right Time doesn't actually exist. Time is relative. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
the 24-hour day that we know is not actually accurate because the sun shines for more than 24 hours or it takes a little bit more time for us to actually get around the sun. All right. So like that's not even real. So all of this is just none of it is real. It's like none of it exists, man. Okay, it is. It's a human construct because we are trying to control something that's uncontrollable and trying to mark something and put a you know, structure around something that just exists, man. It just exists. I want to label it. I want to qualify it. I want to quantify it. I want to assign colors to it. I want to get my post-it notes out and I want to color code all the things. Wow. But we can't. We don't get to do that. Okay. All right. So this this early form of a solar calendar by the Egyptians It evolved into the Coptic calendar, Mm -hmm. or we might also recognize that as the Alexandrian calendar. And this was used by the Coptic Orthodox Church, as well as farmers within Egypt. So they are right. So farmers, now we need to know we're farming things, okay, which we didn't start off doing. We started out as hunter-gatherers. As humans evolved, we discovered farming and how to farm. So once we're farming, well, now we want to track the light. Now we want to know, where is the sun? When is the sun going to be brightest? When are the dry months? When are the wet months? This is all going to be determined by the sun, or at least help us track patterns. It maybe can't always predict, but we can at least track patterns then and kind of know, "Mm, all right, here's sort of maybe what we can predict at this time or what we could expect at this time. Oh, that makes sense. It's like until humans put down roots, they just weren't so concerned about Mm -hmm. what was going on because they were more mobile but once we started then agriculture developed and we needed to know cool you guys history (laughs) you're right exactly before i'd love this episode before Mm -hmm. agriculture um yeah i think it's safe to say that most tribes were nomadic Mm -hmm. um people moved about you had to follow the food that was it like whether you're based on the coast, whether you're inland, you follow the food. Food's going to move. Food is going to migrate. Food is going to go through seasons. Food is going to hibernate. Like you're kind of going to then do the same thing. Um, and a lot of animals, too, are going to follow cycles of the moon. And so that's why a lot of like when we talk about other lunar names, you know, we've mentioned sturgeon moon. We've mentioned wolf moon. That's why a lot of the full moons were named by ancient people after animals because something was going on with animals during that time and that's how they associated the time of year people are so smart Hmm. wow that's fascinating morgan tell me more things so this alexandrian calendar Mm -hmm. this is one of the first solar calendars that we see emerging okay and it incorporated leap years so there you go so the alexandrian calendar which is the evolution of this Egyptian calendar, right, is incorporating leap years. They realize, they assess the current calendar and they're like, this is just not working. Like something is wrong. We're we're getting off uh, every few years. So the Alexandrian calendar added one extra day to the calendar every four years, which seems pretty similar to what we have now, right? Yeah. For a leap year in February. Mm-hmm. Huh. But it's not the same. No. Did you know that there's other solar calendars? Tell me more. I'm going to. Great. So <laughs> let's fast forward a little bit to 45 BC. That's 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> Those are only two numbers. First century BC. So on January 1st, 45 BC, Julius Caesar introduced the Julian calendar, mm. which he named after himself. I love that for oh. him. Yes. <laughs> Slay. Mm, yay. So the Julian calendar, very similar to our Alexandrian calendar. It had 365 days a year, and then there were 366 days every four years, and there was no exception to the leap year. Every four years, there's leap year, period. That's it. Nada. Okay? Strict. Then, we're going to evolve even more, okay? 1582. Oh, that sounds a little bit more comfortable. <laughs> I'm a little bit more comfortable in the 1500s. A little bit more modern. Thinking, yeah, new world <laughs> and discoveries. And, okay. In 1582, Pope Gregory Thirteenth introduced the Gregorian calendar. Guess what? He named that after himself, too. Hot. <laughs> uh, so this calendar, very similar to the Julian calendar, okay? Same 365 days. It has approximately like 30 days every month. But then there is an extra day every four years. Okay. So the difference here, though, is that there are some rules. We are setting up some rules to when for when a leap year exists. Okay. Oh, there are guidelines. Correct. There are guidelines. Um. These guidelines are still in place today. Ooh, so okay. a leap year does not actually happen every four years. It usually happens every four years. But did you know that there are exceptions to leap years? No, I did not. Neither did I. Oh, my goodness. Till right now. That's... So I'm going to read some. I'm going to read this verbatim because I tried to like summarize this. And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm getting so lost. <laughs> Just grab it right from the internet, Morgan. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So this is from the U.S. Naval uh, website. And so this is actually like the U.S. Navy's it's overview a, of the rule. It's a fish. From their website. So leap years, the rule. According to the Gregorian calendar, there is the civil calendar in use today. Years evenly divisible by four are leap years, with the exception of centurial years that are not evenly divisible by 400. Therefore, the years 1700, 1800, 1900, and 2100 are not leap years, but 1600, 2000, and 2400 are leap years. Stop it. (laughs) Stop it. Stop. That... mm. The math that had to math for the things to math that way and for them to figure that out. I didn't realize that on, what is it, centenary years? Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? Centenary? Yep. I didn't realize that they skipped them when it's not. Centurial divis- years. Centurial years. Centurial years. Ooh, that feels weird in my mouth. Isn't that wild? Yeah, that is crazy. I did not know. I just thought it was every four years. Oh, leap year. Well, and here's why. So then here's what we've learned, right? Is yeah. that because, again, we can't time is relative. It's an illusion. We can't put everything in this cute, tiny little box. So technically, <laughs> technically, yeah. one year is approximately 365.2422 days. So that 0.2422 days is now what we have to 
account for. Offset. And so that's where the leap years come in is to just like, oh, yeah, because it's again, we're not a complete 365 nice tied up with a bow. No. False. It's actually 365 days, eight hours, a couple minutes and some seconds. Is really what it is. Feel it in my bones every year. Feel it in there. Well, I had I had no idea that they. Okay, I have three things. One, I had no idea that like the tracking of the stars became so integral to agriculture and farming when people stopped being hunter gatherers. I think that's something that is just like wowing me this episode. Not that like I didn't know mm-hmm. that, but like to be reminded of that and like how it all ties in Mm -hmm. and then with all the different calendars and everyone trying to be like well this is how we can put a box around time this is now Mm -hmm. how we can put our rules around time so it's just so interesting to see what different eras of people did throughout history Mm -hmm. and also culturally because at you know in a given period let's do like a span of you know 500 years there could be multiple cultures across the entire world who are tracking the sun but in different ways or are tracking like here's one that's tracking the sun but one's tracking the moon and so that's what i find really interesting about this too and just as i went on my deep dive the hard thing for me was just okay where to stop because i can't we (laughs) because there is so much and you know it's happening and there's all these variations because we can't these cultures can't talk to each other like they're across seas they don't even know that the other one exists at this point and it's different things to different cultures and different exactly sacred yeah going to then lead them they have different customs in general right which is then going to lead to all right what are we tracking and then we're also like most of this too which again i had to stop and not get into but we'll talk about it some other day because yeah, it's fascinating um, is that many, like when we're we're talking antiquity, many of the planets were named after deities. And, and that is pretty much the same across all cultures. The names vary, but they vary because the name of the deity varies. Um, not necessarily because, oh, this culture didn't have deities. Every culture did. Or that they weren't looking at the sky. Correct. And noticing what was happening mm-hmm. around them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what's fascinating to me is just like, wow, we can see people of all areas on the planet in different time periods throughout time doing a Ugh. similar thing. Like we're all seeing the same similar stuff. We're all curious about what's going on in the sky. Um, we're all curious about what's going in the, on in the sky and how it relates to how we're living down here on Earth. What does it all mean? You know, we're all curious. Mm-hmm. What does it mean for me? So when I talk about these three different solar calendars, that is not all that there is. Okay, people. That's not it. That's just scratching the surface. Literally just scratching the surface. Okay. So I just love Caesar's energy. <laughs> Just, do you just do we I, love his energy? Okay, no, I let me let me re. I love the energy. You to be specific about that. Um, I love the energy of being like, you know what? Here's the calendar, and here's what we're gonna call it. And just you know, it's that Rome energy. It's just that Roman mm-hmm. energy of just well, yes, it will be named after me. I am mm-hmm. Julius Caesar. It's just so pompous. <laughs> When I say I love, I mean sarcastically. It's very like leaders in general. Yeah. It's all about me. It's all about me. Me, 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 me. Mm. So what's interesting, the Gregorian calendar, that is like the calendar that 
pretty much most of us follow today in the world. Like okay. that's still what we use. Our 12 month is the Gregorian calendar. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Like there's small variations and stuff. And obviously, like we're making discoveries every day, but not too much has changed since the 1500s when that was introduced. Okay, it's pretty much sense. like, yeah, that's like pretty accurate, man. Good enough. I know. So like, all right. Pope Gregory the 13th. Way to go on you. Probably wasn't even him. It was like his advisors or something. He was like, great. Thanks. Thanks for the information, Stephen. I'm going to name it after me. The intern. Yeah. So Stephen, the intern is, <laughs> gosh, forgotten. <laughs> forgotten, Stephen. Gosh. Never forget. Stephen, we will never forget you. That's right. And your contribution to the science. Author of the calendar overall. So that's solar calendars. Okay. But we're going to experience the lunar lunar new year mm -hmm. so what is a lunar calendar what does that mean yeah moon i immediately think moon Correct. moon energy you're right moon you're right tell me yes it's the opposite of what we just talked about okay i'm ready <laughs> so not so, the sun but the moon <laughs> correct we're using the moon uh we're using the moon to uh calculate dates seasons okay passing of time it's all measured by the moon and what the moon's doing in the moon phases so lunar calendar is a little bit different okay we're talking again in general because there are lunar calendars that we can you know date back to different time periods all across the globe in different cultures generally the lunar calendar was 354 days much much smaller that's, that's so short <laughs> well and here's why because it's like what nine i can't do math yeah Eight, yeah nine well, to eleven days shorter. <laughs> exactly and well here's why the lunar cycle is 29.5 days oh yeah, yeah okay yeah, so we're looking at the lunar cycle it's short and so typically lunar calendars are going to have 354 days they'll have 12 months and then there will be between 29 and 30 days each month they tend to switch off right? Interesting. Okay. So then what does that mean for lunisolar? Oh, yeah. The two. Okay. Because, yeah, there's the solar and then the lunar calendar, but yep. the lunar solar. Okay. Yeah. The lunisolar calendar. Smash them together and tell me about it. It's a combination of okay. the two. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. Okay. So the calendar is incorporating both the lunar cycle and the position of the sun. And saying, hey, both of these matter. Both of these are important. So we're going to keep track of both of them and use all these things going on in the sky. Like they would incorporate other things like asteroids and, you know, seeing comets, other stuff that's going on in the sky. And they're like, what's that? It's moving faster than these other things. Um, <laughs> what is that? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's a, it's more than a hodgepodge, right? Of like, hey, all of this has significance. We're going to account for all of it. We're going to record all of it. And this is how we're going to mark the passage of time or special events within our society. So most lunisolar calendars have 12 months, but they incorporate a leap month. Okay? So instead of just a leap day, which is like what we have in modern times. So um, every two to three years, there would be a 13th month in the year. Which is then, you know, some of you may have heard rumors about a 13th zodiac sign. Ooh, ooh. I We're know not going to talk about it today. I know this word, yeah. But that's uh, 
that's what we're talking about here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cultures that observe. Observed that leap month. We have a 13th zodiac sign for it. <gasps> mm. Okay, That's why. So it's because of the lunar calendar that the 13th zodiac was created. Uh, the lunar solar. Excuse me. The lunar solar. Mm-hmm. The 13th zodiac is created. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. That makes so much sense. So the oldest evidence of a lunisolar calendar dates back to 8,000 BC. No. Okay. So long ago. So long. Right? So long ago. 10,000 years ago. I know. 10,000 years ago. Okay. I'm okay. But can continue. Well, and here's the thing. There are some scholars out there that claim they can date lunar calendars because they're like, hey, lunisolar calendars, we've dated that back to 8000 BC we know solar calendars started to emerge like the first century Mm -hmm. AD so we then have some scholars that are estimating that lunar calendars we could possibly date those back to 17,000 BC or maybe even 30,000 BC oh I love it oh like that documentary we watched about the cave paintings in France that were 30,000 oh. years old. It's like, that's what I think about when you say 30,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. That is, but it would make sense. Like, that is the thing that is most consistently full moon, new mm-hmm. moon, waxing, waning, consistency. I can see why more than the sun, the moon was the specifier because it changed so consistently Mm -hmm. as opposed to the sun being slightly different in the sky. The moon was visibly different on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, 17,000 to 30,000 years ago. Isn't that wild? Yeah, thanks for these numbers. I know. Now, this this somehow gives me peace. It's like 6,000 BC makes me mad. Mm -hmm. But like 17,000 years ago, 30,000 years ago. It's Mm -hmm. just like, oh, man. Cool. It's so old. It's so old. Humans have been looking (laughs) at the moon for so long. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, again, those dates, um, those are just hypotheses. And... Mm -hmm. Uh, none of the relics presented or the evidence presented has been recognized as fact by science in general. I get that. (laughs) Like, collectively, I understand. Just collectively by science. No, that's fine. Um, I don't know exactly who is the authority of science in the world and is like, yes, this artifact is legit. Um, But if there is somebody... There's a team. They of- haven't approved this yet. Yeah. Okay. But but I do find that interesting. And I was reading um, just some accounts from archaeologists who have, yeah, they've found things and they're like, hey, look at these symbols. Because that's a lot of just what ar- archaeology is, right? It's, it's like we find something broken. Look at it. There are symbols on it. But what do the symbols mean? Mm-hmm. It's an ancient language that no longer exists or it's just little pictures. And so we're here to interpret and guess hypothesize so that's exactly what these archaeologists have done is they found really old stuff they're like hey there are carvings on here the number of carvings affiliates with you know the phases of the moon or the number of months like these look like they could be tracking things but we can't confirm it we can't say for positive yes it is tracking the lunar cycle and deciphering between what is symbols for a sky language and what is like communication mm-hmm. and deciphering between the two. Oh, it's just fascinating. Mm. 
Well, I'm glad you think so, too. Love Because that. I thought it was. <laughs> Love that. I can see why you just kept digging in a hole and you had to say, no, no, we <clears throat> have to stop because I just want to know more. I want to know more about cultures across the earth in different climates and just mm-hmm. it's a harsh, harsh world out there. I think about like winter here. We're in Minnesota. Like winter here, not in a house. Oh, it's just up. Oh, but you're looking at the sky just being like, oh. New moon, new month. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Right? Wow. Yes. The indigenous people who lived in what we now call Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. I just. Oh, my goodness. Humans have been looking and marveling at the stars for so long. This yeah. Is, this is just, this gives me awe and this gives me wonder. Mm. I don't need to keep interrupting you. Well, so this is, no, this is a good point. See, you always bring up good points and it helps me transition because. <laughs> The reason I had to cut this off is uh-huh. because lunisolar calendars are found in traditional calendars of many um, East Asian cultures, such as Tibet, Vietnam, Korea, Mongolia, and Japan. Uh, lunisolar calendars are also found today in Assyrian, Burmese, Buddhist, Hebrew, and Chinese cultures. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So Saturday, February 10th, is when we will be celebrating the Chinese Lunar New Year. Oh, cool. Yes. So it's the Chinese Lunar New Year it on is, the 10th. Because there are mm. other Lunar New Years mm-hmm. based on different cultures. Yep. Um, but February 10th and like we in America, I have noticed like probably the last 10 years, the Chinese Lunar New Year has popped up more and emerged more on calendars. Like we have, <coughs> excuse me, um, a large and growing, you know, American, Asian American population. And so we want to recognize that and celebrate that. And so I think it's interesting, though, that that isn't the only Lunar New Year. And I think that's important, too, as we're talking about the Lunar New Year and in a way to just hopefully be respectful to other cultures, too, is recognize it and coin that, right, and say it's the Chinese Lunar New Year mm-hmm. because it's not going to be the Lunar New Year for a lot of other cultures and um, some of these like traditional calendars that focus more on the lunisolar approach, their lunar new year is in mid-April. Mm-hmm. Okay. Totally different. Yeah. So it just um, depends on where your beginning of the year is observed within where you were in the world and within your culture and what people were thinking when they were looking at the sky. Exactly. Okay, cool. Exactly. I had, because I grew up in California and so celebrating the Chinese Lunar New Year was mm-hmm. a big thing. Like, oh, was it? It was the Dude, 90s, the okay. 90s in California. That makes sense, yeah. though, because mm-hmm. I yes. bet, yeah, anyone like coming to America, they would cross the Pacific. Yep. That and makes so sense. California oh. had such a has such a large population of people from those Asian countries, specifically China. And so, so much of um my before like I was I moved away when I was like eight so it was a lot of just like red and lights and people and whatever but I remember that we talked about it in school and yeah it's just cool that it's being celebrated more because I felt like when I moved up here I didn't really hear about it Mm -hmm. because there's just not as much of a population to visibly celebrate back in the late 90s early 2000s and that's just not the case anymore which is really cool yeah I love learning and that does make sense because yeah Minnesota there wouldn't have been 
as dense of a population mm-hmm. of Asian Americans mm-hmm. as probably California yeah. in the 90s. California in the 90s. <laughs> so that that is fascinating. Yeah. Thank I you just, for sharing that. I didn't know that because, hello, I am I am idiot. Um but I didn't know that there were. Of course, it makes sense. Of course, it makes sense. Anytime we, it's like, of course, this is how it is. But I was just like, oh, Chinese Lunar New Year. That was like Lunar New Year. Mm-hmm. Yay, dragons! What? And I just didn't think <laughs> about how other cultures have Lunar New Years throughout the year. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. That's my takeaway, Samantha. Yeah. <laughs> that's your takeaway. Jeez. Yes. <laughs> The Chinese Lunar New Year is typically is typically celebrated in concurrence with the second new moon after the winter equinox. Okay. So in 2024, what that means is on February 9th, we will see or not see <laughs> a new moon in Aquarius. Get it? Because you can't see the new moon. That's why it's the new moon, because you can't see it. Oh, jokes. Um, so on February 9th. <laughs> We're getting near the end of the episode, and I see it. Oh, I see man. it in your face, Morgan. This is this is so good. Oh, okay. wow! Yeah. So, new moon in Aquarius on February 9th. and then the next day, on February tenth, we will celebrate the Chinese Lunar New Year. Boo, boo, boo. Wow! And that's the end of the episode. Mic drop. Oh my gosh! I learned so many things today. I got to think about history. 30,000 years ago. <gasps> Not proven, but I got to think about it. Speculated. It's I, speculation. It's hypotheses. Oh, I love speculating. It's science. Hmm. <laughs> what is it? Uh, well, Sam, should we wrap this one up? We gotta wrap it up. All right, folks, let's talk about next week. So next week, you can tune into Aquarius Behavior for a very special episode. It is our first book nook of 2024, where we will be discussing the Twilight Saga by Stephanie Meyer. Yeah. So we're starting with book one, Twilight, part one. We are reading the first 12 chapters. So if you're feeling it, go ahead, catch up with us, read the first 12 chapters, and we'll be discussing next week on Book Nook. Thank you to Joybird for the use of our theme song, For Real. Love and abundance, friends. Bye. I got a smile taking over my face. Feeling the sunshine all over the place. If it's for real.